1: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You're also watching live on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash Live DT. having some fun here this morning on a beautiful Wednesday morning. We had a special, two specials for you yesterday, so we weren't in our traditional time slot of 9 to 11, but between 9 and 11, we aired a video with... Adam Dudz-Dudzinski of West Genesee, a 2021 prospect who's coming off of a state championship, the first ever for West Genesee in Camillus, New York. So you heard from him on our special video that we aired on youtube.com backslash wakeupcallDT and on the Facebook page at wakeupcallDT that was also shared right here on facebook.com backslash live now DT. And you listen into the show on mixLR.com backslash wakeupcallDT and through Podbean and all of our social media, you were able to listen in to my show called Hindsight Twenty Twenty. What I've learned in my life, what I've learned, you know, up to this point and where I'm going from here. And then asking you to take a a long look at yourself and what you've learned and where you're going and what your expectations are of yourself. So it was a great opportunity to do the show Hindsight Twenty Twenty, which will be a great time capsule to go back and listen to and hopefully see that I've grown and I've learned and I'm continuing to progress and hopefully you can go back and listen to it and do the same thing. So, I want to thank you for listening and watching our specials from this past Tuesday as my mother was going through surgery. She did have a she came out of surgery okay. We're hoping that it'll be successful and uh, mom's doing well. So, your continued prayers and support are much needed and welcomed and uh, we thank you all for all of your prayers and your well well wishes through all of this. So, a uh, big thanks to everybody that sent good energy our way. Because if it's bad energy, I'm deflecting it. If it's good, I'm bringing it in. So any good energy, we welcome here on Wake Up Call and in life in general. So we're inside of the Charney's Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We're proud for you to be here. We thank you so much for hanging out with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And in today's broadcast, you see Mon Paz, Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factories, What's popping? We'll start off the show with Dave Pasiak. Dave Pasiak, longtime guest on our broadcast, a longtime basketball coach, basketball mind, and an overall analyst, Uh, a fantastic person, in my opinion, that's always been there in my corner since the day I met him, which has to be, you know, know, it is is going on close to being a decade because I came back home in 2012. So very much appreciate Dave's time. He is the coach of the Linden Hornets in Vermont. And they're continuing on their season right now. We'll talk with them a little bit about that. And then obviously you see the picture of Kobe Bryant that says rest in paradise. We'll be talking with Dave about Kobe Bryant because Dave has been such a, as I stated before, such a, you know, a basketball mind and uh, connected to the high school game, you know, really basketball in general from when you're a kid to high school to college to pro. And we always have great conversations about the professional game where Kobe Bryant had so much success. And so we'll discuss, you know, Kobe's legacy as well as his daughter, Gigi, and we'll, you know, talk about the uh, tragedy as we had a week last week where we paid tribute every single day with interviews in connection to uh, remembering Kobe Bryant and everyone that passed on in that helicopter crash. And we continue that motif this week as Dave Pasiak joins us for the first hour, and then we'll get into the fantasy football power hour in Hour number two proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub. That's why you see the helmet. And of course, Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com will be with us as always to speak on the Chiefs win, the first Super Bowl in 50 years, second overall, the San Francisco 49ers, as well as where we're heading from here. And the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring a former GM to come into their staff or player personnel. And the Jaguars giving up two home games. Which means I only have six instead of eight this coming season, as they will play two in London, which is unprecedented by any NFL team. So, with all that being said, we welcome you in once again to the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, Mr. Paziak, How are we doing today? I'm doing good, Dan. Uh, good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a minute, and you know, and and that's and and that's the thing about life is, you know, we get going and we get rocking and rolling on things and whatnot, and. You know, you've definitely been missed here on the show. Uh, Catch us up. What's been going on? How you been doing? How's the season been going? What's going on in Dave Paziac's world? Well,
0: we're up here in Vermont, uh, the beautiful Northeast Kingdom. Uh, You know, it's people up here are really nice. We're trying to, you know, we're making progress with our program. The wheels of, you know, wheels of progress turn slow, you know, a little more slowly than we like sometimes. And you know, you try to deal with you know, things that hit hit the program, like injuries and illness and that kind of thing. So we've kind of been fighting through that the last month or so. But, um, you know, we we feel like we're going in the right direction. We've got really good kids in our program and, um, you know, trying to continue to build on that and, um, you know, add to, add to our talent base every year through recruiting and, you um, Get things moving you know have things moving where we want eventually um you know take the program to to a championship level that uh, you know that we're that we're seeking
1: and for you dave you know you were you were in central new york for such a long time how has the transition been to you i mean are are you getting used to vermont life i know that you know you're not too far away and you can come home and you have come home when you you know want to say hi and and be around some you know familiar friends and whatnot but how has the transition been to vermont and and what can you say about the uh, nvu linden team that you've taken over over these past few seasons well i mean it's different for
0: me because i'm gonna you know i'm a central new york guy still got a you know still got a house in waterville and um still spend a couple months in central new york in the summers and you know holidays and you know get back to see family and all that kind of thing um you know so that aspect of it is 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 quite a bit different um you know, it's got an apartment in Vermont versus having like a house in the yard and all that kind thing in New York. So that's you know, you know a little bit of a change. But uh, um, you know, as far as like, I don't know how much your listeners uh, are familiar with Lindenville, Vermont, but it's a it's a small New England town in, in northern Vermont. And uh, um, you know, the closest like Walmart, Applebee's, Lowe's kinds of thing places are about a half an hour away. And um, you know, we got three really good pieces. Pizza shops in town, and a, and a and a and a great diner, and a great Chinese restaurant. But uh, um, you know, it's like I said, small New England town. Yeah, um, just different being away. Um, in terms of our team, you know, we had when I took over, uh, you know, about two and a half years ago, we had a lot of work to do with just kind of changing the the culture and instilling like kind of our, our set of core values with the program. And um, you know, I think we made like terrific progress with that um you know we've gone i think now we have a program that represents our our university um you know in the right way and and guys who are respectful all the time and work hard every day to get better and and are really good teammates that are about the team and care about each other which is you know like that was that's our was our our first priority when taking over here was to try to um lay the groundwork and and build that foundation so um you know i think we we've done a really good job with that um we've made some progress on the court we're um certainly more much more competitive than we were when i first came here but uh, we still have um still have some work to do in that area which you know there's Two, two factors involved in that is our, our current guys continuing to, to work and get better and improve. And also, um, you know, we're constantly looking to recruit guys that are high character guys that are on board with our, our values, but you know, at the same time, um, increase our talent level and our, our, uh, uh competitive level. So, um, you know, I, I think we're, um, we're trending in the right direction. Um, You know, things always you always would like things to move more quickly than they do. But, um, you know, it's a process, and, you know, we're trying to be better every day.
1: And when you look at it, Dave, I mean, you did so much to to build, you know, when you were here in central New York. You know, you had built up the the OCC Lasers men's basketball program. That's something that takes time. You know, in building a program and and getting a program to somewhere where they haven't been or, or back to a place where they've been and past that, What do you like about that challenge? You know, being with Lyndon. what did you know about kind of where they were? And, and just, you know, as you're taking them on this road to where you want to go, just what you could say about the process, because, you know, people, and we're going to talk about Kobe Bryant in just a little bit, and it'll be a perfect segue because Kobe was about the process and, you know, people just saw what, you know, they, they saw what he did on the courts, but they didn't always see, you know, they obviously didn't see the process and people that didn't know him personally, didn't know about the process, they just saw the finished product or the continuously successful product. So just what you could say about building up a program and what you think about the process itself and and if it's something that excites you.
0: Well, you know, I, I think as far as the process, I think if you take a look at, you know, most people who are successful in athletics or whatever their endeavor is like, you know, as an individual athlete or team or whatnot, um, you know, staying focused on process and staying focused on, um, being present. Uh, what I mean by being present is, you know, what, you know, what do I control and what can I take care of, you know, in the present and focus your energies on that, as opposed to a lot of external things that you don't have control over. <coughs> um, you know, I think those are, those people by and large are the, um, ones that reach, um, you know, the top of their chosen field, whether it's basketball player, or football player, or whether it's a, um, entertainer, business person, um, somebody in the, you know, in the, in the medical field, whatever. Um, you know, I think when you, you know, when you stay on process and, and you know, trying to better yourself and better your organization, um, you know, that's how you really, you know, you really realize your. Um, your full potential um, in terms of the, the, the challenges of that <clears throat> um, you know we're we're in a little bit of a um, uh, how do I want to put it I think we're, we're in an instant gratification society yeah um, you know to where um, you know young people older people especially younger people but you know older people in this generation too. you um, you know, with with the internet and technology, and um, you know advances in, in those regards, I think people are constantly seeking um, instant return and instant instant gratification. Um, and, I, and I think if you do that, um, one is you you, you're self, you become self limiting as far as um, what you can achieve, and you also um, set yourself up for, um, you know, for disappointment and, um, frustration when things don't come your way, um, without putting in the work first. Um, so I think that, um, you know, really embracing the process is, is, is really critical to, um, you know, to anybody reaching, you know, reaching their full potential as a, you know, as a person, either you know professionally, personally, or, or, or what have
1: you. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, like you talk about instant gratification and, and living in a world where people want it right now. They want you to come in, they want you to be successful immediately. And and the thing that goes on top of that too, is, is when people are successful, they're critiqued for it. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest signs of that is, you know, J-Lo, 50 years old, Shakira, 43 years old, and out there dancing, singing, doing their thing and whatnot. And the, the amount of backlash that they got and the anger and the rage and the resentment. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, if I just look at Shakira, I'm like, okay, so she can play the drums. She can play the piano or pardon me. She play the drums, play the guitar. She can dance. She can sing. She's an entertainer. And, you know, I, I look at how many people just the, the criticism of this. And it's not just this year's Super Bowl halftime show, because I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to my lady about this. And you know, it's like it's, it's, it's every year, you know, every year there's a critique. So, Dave, you know, it's not only a what have you done for me lately society. It's also a society of when you do something for them lately, they critique it. You know, I, I, I we live in a world where. You know, there's always somebody that hits the dislike button. Not that they necessarily disliked it, but just because they can. And I feel like that that's a very weird part of our society. That, you know, when you do something good, you get critiqued. And you almost get treated sometimes like you did something bad when you're just doing your job or doing what you love. Well,
0: you know, I think that's one of maybe the pitfalls of modern society is like it's really easy to hide behind your keyboard (laughs) you know uh i I forget who it was i was listening to somebody on uh, sports talk radio you know a couple of weeks ago and it says you know people should think about would you post it on like would you say the same thing to the person's face that you post on twitter or would you post something on Twitter that if you said it to the person's face, they punch you in the mouth for? <laughs> you yeah. know, so uh, I think that's one of the things with, you know, with technology and social media that it's, it's emboldened, emboldened people to, um, you know, to be critical and sometimes just to be critical for the sake of being critical. You know, you talk about the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl halftimes and whatnot. <clears throat> you know, they, they went through a period of time um, you know, because of backlash over, over the, you know, the, the Timberlake Janet Jackson thing several years ago. Now they went through, then they went through a period of time where they went with like um, the traditional um, established rock and roll halftime performers, you know, Springsteen, which is still the best halftime ever. And, um, the who and, um, bands like that. And then they got criticism for that because well, you're not catering to the modern audience. So now they've kind of moved back in the other direction and then, um, and gotten catered more to, um, you know, to the younger demographic, and then they got a lot of pushback this year for the content of the show. So um, there's, you know, kind of in our society today, it seems like it almost comes with the turf that, um, you know, you're going to to get criticism and pushback and whatnot. um, You know, I think getting back, tying that into what we're talking about, about process is I think you've, as a, as an individual or or an organization or an entity or a team or athlete, whatever, I think the more you can filter that out, stay focused on what you can control, which is, um, you know, your attitude, your effort, your work ethic, um, those kinds of things. Um, you know, I think that allows you to push through and and continue to grow and continue to develop and, and improve. And
1: work towards your potential you know and, and, and as we look at you know speaking here with Dave Paziac this morning on wake-up call with Dan Tortora and uh, uh, Jason uh, Dudzinski the the father of, of Adam Dudzinski who we had in a special here this week said good morning to you uh, Dave and, and you know this this we speak on how you can hide behind a keyboard and we speak on how you know what you're just saying about it's easy to do something like this it's easy to hide it's it's easy to live in that world of, you know, I can say whatever I want to say, but would I actually say that to the person's face? And I've actually been in situations where somebody had said something on social media and then they sat next to me at an event. They couldn't look at me. They sat there staring at the floor, shaking their leg, nervous as all get out and couldn't even look me in the eye. And I'm not the type of person to punch you in the mouth, but I am the type of person to let you know that I can see you unable to live with the actions you take. And, you know, I really do question and I do want to get to to one of my other points here in a second, but I question the motives of a person who wishes ill upon somebody else, either by social media, or, you know, bullying in school, the thing about school is, you know, a lot of us were bullied in school, and in some way, shape or form, but now it can follow you home. Now it's a real life thing. Now we have 10 year olds that are committing suicide after treatment or body shaming, you know, whatever it may be. And I really wonder where we're at because social media to me, I use it to, to explore avenues for my company. I use it to reach out to people that I wouldn't reach before. I use it to connect with my family. I mean, I have family in Spain that listens to the show that I wouldn't never even known were alive let alone could could connect with me in some way, shape or form, if not for things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and YouTube and whatnot. So there's benefits to it and I utilize those benefits daily. but there's also you know with any with anything created in society, there's always the other side of it. And you know they, anything that is made can always be used in a positive way or in a negative way. And, and I think that we see that with the internet. It is a vehicle that some people can drive off a cliff. Or they can drive and pick up people and, you know, bring us all safely to our destination and have an open door policy when they're driving through town. So it's it's how you use it always. But I, I'm kind of baffled by how some people utilize it and what they do with it. And the fact that, you know, if somebody has a problem with Dave Pasiak, you're going to know about it instantaneously. If they have a problem with Dan Tortora, if they have a problem with Bob, Jill, Sarah, Steve, Pete, whoever it may be, they're going to hear it instantaneously. Officials are going to know it instantaneously. Players, coaches like yourself, random, just, you know, everyday people, janitors, doctors, lawyers, teachers, they see it immediately if somebody has a problem. And I just really, I expect better from our society and, and maybe people laugh at that, but I do. And, and I just, I'm baffled by how this vehicle that was supposed to be So connecting, you know, when Kobe Bryant was alive, you could reach out to Kobe Bryant and say, you're my favorite player. I love you. I've watched you since I was five years old or 10 years old, or in my case, 11, you know, you could tell Kobe and Kobe could react to you or at least see it. And that's what I thought this was for, because I didn't have that back in the day. When I wrote to Damon Stoudemire, my favorite player growing up, Toronto Raptors, I wrote to him hoping that he would get the letter, hoping that I found the right address, hoping that he read it and not one of his PR people, hoping he cared, hoping he would respond. So in the world we live in today, kids and adults have the greatest opportunities ever to reach the people that influence their lives that they don't even know. Yet sometimes we use it to try and influence people's lives negatively. And I've never met a happy person that went to a keyboard and said horrible things or did it personally so i guess i kind of opened the door to your thoughts to expand on this a little bit on the fact that the world could be using this in a very good way and 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 sometimes they don't
0: well you know i i, I think you captured that pretty well dan because um like you said with every with every advance there's there's the positives that it, that it brings to brings to us and brings us closer together as a, as a society and as a nation and as a world to where we're, you know, we're more connected than, than we've ever been. You know, I'm up at school in, in Northern Vermont and, you know, we have kids, obviously local kids. We have kids from, you know, all parts of the country and the world and everything. And, you know, thanks to technology, I mean, they're big, you know, they can FaceTime mom and dad or their girlfriend or their little brother or whatever. Um, and and stay connected in a way that when i went to school like when you're going to school like you know you, yeah you, you could call on, you could wait in line in, in the in the dorm room you know to use the phone in the in the dorms the one phone for 60 people um you know and you, you maybe you know talk to call home you know once a week or something or once every couple of weeks like now like you, you can pick up your cell phone and FaceTime and see the person face to face instantly yeah <clears throat> so you know, so I think all of those things are super positive, but, um, you know, the, what, what's kind of come along with that is it's easy to be critical and easy to be negative or, um, you know, I think one of the things and, you know, not to kind of step into the political waters too deeply, but, um, like we have, I and I think technology and the, 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 the anonymity that things like, um, you know, the Twitter and, Facebook and those things bring, um, I think that has contributed to a society where we have mostly lost our ability to have civil discourse and, um, you know, disagree on, on, on points of view or issues or, um, how to respond to a situation, but, do it in the spirit of trying to come to common ground. I think we've lost that. And, and, um, you know, technology is a big, and and the, the the ease of being anonymous, I think has, um, contributed to that to some degree, you know, which is unfortunate because, um, you know, it's now it's like, if, if I disagree with the position here, it's easy to go on social media and say, you're the worst person in the world because we disagree on this, you know, and as opposed to, um, being able to kind of understand and respect and, um, and, um, blend together, you know, differences of opinion, differences of background, um, you know, diversity of experiences and things like that. You know, I, I think, um, You know, the technology and and social media in the world can be and sometimes is a great vehicle to bring us together. It's also a vehicle that can push us apart, um, you know, if used in the wrong spirit.
1: Yeah, you know, and and we have to strive to be better because people are always watching, you know, and they say that, you know, they say that all the time. And some people believe that and some people don't. But there's always somebody watching. You know, your, your kid's watching you, your girlfriend's watching you, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, the neighbor, you know, your dog, your cat, the person down the street. Somebody is watching you and watching your actions and, and how you're and how you're going after, you know, whatever you're going after and how you're living in the world that we live in today. And unfortunately, there's a lot of childish behavior that we've seen at the highest level in this country And from multiple different people and and it's it it really does hurt and and it brings some sadness to me and 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 I do hope that things turn around and get better. But we talk about unity and, and, and and making things better and finding a way to get better. So in the sense of me saying, you know, I'm hurt by what I see, I'm hurt by grown adults acting like children, and and where do we go from here? Well, in the past week plus after Kobe Bryant has passed away, I have seen some unity. I've seen some connection. I've seen some, you know, let's, let's put everything else to bed and let's just talk about appreciating our lives. I want to, I want to go into that with you, Dave, as, as we speak here with Dave Paziac, the NVU uh, Linden Hornets men's basketball head coach and in a basketball mind of, of so many years with, with so so much experience and it, you know, at so many different levels that I truly appreciate. And and Dave, that's not dating you in any respect. That's uh that's telling the world that, you know, you've truly known what you talk about and you've studied the game and, you know, you're you're on a very short list of people that I would go to when it comes to, you know, looking at basketball, as well as looking at life, because you are somebody that cares so deeply and we always have conversations that go well beyond sports, which is what we're about here on Wake Up Call. Kobe Bryant, his his life, he was 41, everyone that had passed on. And, you know, people talk about, well, who is every, you know, who are the other people? Let's let's show them. Let's talk about them. Well, if you're watching on Facebook Live, their pictures are up right now. Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, uh, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and Ara Zobayan all passed away in this helicopter accident just a short while ago. And so I do want to get to Kobe, and I do want to speak about his game and, and his legacy. But first and foremost, Dave, about the importance of not wasting time and not wasting energy and what you can say about that in your life. Well,
0: you know, I think um, anytime you have a like a very – very visible, very public figure like a Kobe Bryant, um, that passes away tragically in an accident. Um, you know, I think it jars the public. Um, you know, ones that come to mind in my, like, you know, Princess Diana and the crash, like when in the automobile crash and um you know, going back to when I was a kid, like um, you know, Thurman Munson and Roberto Clemente were two that came to mind about um you know, died suddenly in plane crashes. And, you know, so when those, <clears throat> those kinds of things happen, um, I think it, it really serves as a, uh, a reminder, um, that we're not guaranteed the next minute or the next day or the next hour, or the next week. And, um, you know, you, you need to take a second and appreciate, you know, the blessings that you have in life and, and take advantage of, um, the here and now, and and, and being in the present, um, you know, and making sure that you're um, th- that you're appreciating and, and 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 valuing your loved ones, and um, you know maybe it gives you uh, it gives you cause for um, you know put aside like if you if you got a petty beef or a petty grudge with you know somebody in your family or, or, you know, one of your friends or your co-workers or something like that, that that stuff really isn't that important. Um, so I think, um, when, you know, when tragedy strikes and I think like you know, in a situation of, you know, the, the helicopter crash with Kobe and, and his daughter and, you know, the other people on, on board, um, you know, I think People of, like, my generation and your generation and and younger people, like, you know, the, the guys I coach in college and all that, um, you know, they, they think about, like, Kobe's, you know, they're put on a, on a pedestal, and it just reminds us of the, um, of the frailty of our humanity. Like, you think of people like that, like, Kobe's going to be here forever, you know. I remember when Will Chamberlain passed away. He was like an, a a guy that like you know you just never you never pictured Wilt Wilt dying. He's like, he's, yeah, he's bigger bigger than life, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I think sometimes we you know we look at um, sports stars and, and, and celebrities and whatnot. And so when um, you know when, when when they when they pass away prematurely, especially in an accident, you know, something like that, um, you know, it gives us. Um, it kind of jars us a little bit and, and remind us of our own humanity and and how to, um, you know, appreciate the blessings that we have every day in our lives.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and, and to have those blessings and appreciate, you know, what, what we have from moment to moment, you know, we, we speak on, we speak on those moments and, and there was a post that was put up a couple days ago that I thought was very compelling and, and compelling enough for me to share it and kind of stare at it myself because I always call myself to be a better person. I always believe that I can grow in advance. And, you know, so one of those, uh, that statement that was there that said, if you had $86,400 and someone stole $60, would you throw away $86,340 for revenge or move on and live? Each of us has 86,400 seconds every day. Don't let someone's negative 60 seconds ruin the remaining 86,340. Life is bigger than that and so are you. And I found that to be a very uh, a, a, a very bold and and honest and real statement that, you know, if if time is essentially, you know, time is money, so to speak. You know, if you if you had all this money and and you know, you got almost $90,000 and somebody steals 60 bucks do you complain and moan about the 60 bucks or do you move on with your 86,340 dollars and take care of stuff you want to take care of in your life and that's and then to bring that to seconds and say well this is how many seconds you have in a day how are you going to spend them you know my dad always said that to me and, and my dad continues to live in that sentiment is he said Daniel you have so much time and so much energy in a day and it's finite once you use it up it's gone And so what you use your energy towards is up to you. But know that once you've used your energy, your energy is gone. And I I find that statement to live in that world, too, of the importance of how we spend our time and how we spend our energy and to really look back and reflect on what do we spend the day talking about? What do we spend the day thinking about? What do we spend the day focusing on? Because sometimes we'd be kind of embarrassed or. Upset about if we went back and checked the tape, and I would rather live a life where I go back and check the tape, and I can be proud of it, Dave. And I'm sure you would too. Yeah, you know, I I love that um,
0: that little comparison that, or that you know that, that analogy that you drew with the uh, you know the the quotation. Um, you know, and I think we're all probably, well, um, I don't want to say probably, you know, we're all definitely guilty of. Doing that at 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 one point or another in our lives, I'm sure. Um, you know, getting ourselves, um, spending our time and our energy on stuff that really doesn't matter. Um, you know, so I I, I think that, um, you know, how we how we utilize the time we have. You know, are we are, are we focusing on the things that matter? Are we, you know, we trying to make a positive difference with people? Um, you know, I think that's that's so so important. And I think we, you know, we we can get caught up in the day to day so much that um, you know we lose sight of that from time to time. And um, you know, that's where you know when when, when tragedy strikes, I think um, you know whether it's a um, tragedy that's out there on the front pages for the world to see like kobe bryant or tragedy that 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 strikes within our own little circles um whether it be a family member or a friend or a neighbor or something like that that um you know tragedy strikes them i think when you know i always think when you go to um you know when you go somebody passes away and you go to funeral and wake and, and and there's tributes and um people are are reflecting positively on their, you know, that person's life. I says, well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we told that person that while they're living? You know, and and, uh, sometimes, you know, we lose sight of that fact until um, either the person or the time or the opportunity or the moment has passed us by.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's that's the thing is, you know, they say you don't appreciate what you got until it's gone, and and some people do and, and some people don't, but... You know, it's, there is, there is truth to, you have to, you know, or, or, or I would implore people to appreciate what you have when it's, when it's with you. I mean, my grandfather's died when I was six and I spent almost every single day with them, but you know, it's now all this time, 28 years later, I still miss them. I think about them daily. I think about their face. I told them how I cared. And, and it, the funny thing is when my grandmother passed away and she was almost 101 uh, G mama when she passed a, one of uh, one of uh, our family friends, Debbie, came up and she said, God, Daniel, you must you must feel a weight off your shoulders. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you must feel good. She said, I, I saw you. You know, you post on Facebook all the time when you when you were with your grandma and you take her on dates and whatnot and you take her out. She goes, you spent so much time with her. It must be nice to have no regrets, you know, to not be sitting here feeling like you you didn't spend enough time with her. It must be nice to to feel that way. And the funny thing is like as much time as I spent with my grandma, I would have spent more, you know, I I would drive by her street and go, I should go see her today. And I drive by her house and say, well, I should probably go in today. Or I haven't seen her in three weeks, or I haven't seen her in, you know, in two weeks, or "I, I didn't see her on Wednesday, when I wanted to see her. And now it's Saturday. But, you know, it's, it's just funny how, you know, you'll get that where people are like, you know, you did so much, but when you love somebody and you care about somebody, you always feel like you could do a little bit more. But I, I do feel good about the time I spent with my grandmother. I do feel good about how much I love her and, you know, that, that I chose to live with her for a time and, and, and take care of her and be there with her. But, you know, with all due respect, she took care of me. She always did. She always will. And I, and I speak about her in present tense because I believe she's always with me. So, you know, I love that you said that, Dave, I love that you said, you know, why do we go to a funeral and say, oh, you know, they were such a great person. And I remember this thing that they did and this other thing. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. But why didn't, you know, why not tell them when they were alive, you know, for you to cry and say, you know, they were such a good friend to me, a good brother to me, a good dad, a good sister, a good mom, whatever it may be, a good wife, a good husband. But did you tell them? And if you told them, then okay but if you're telling the world now, but you didn't tell them, well, then that's something to reflect upon. And, you know, that's why I take the time with you and with everybody that comes on the show. And I feel that moment to say, Hey, Dave, I really appreciate you. Thank you for everything. It's genuine. And it's real, because I don't know the next time I'm going to talk to you. And and I know that I'm not too arrogant or naive or ignorant to think that I'm going to be here every single day. I hope to be. But I want the people that I care about to know that I care about them because if not, then, then who am I and what am I? And I think with Kobe Bryant, he, he opened up a doorway and Gianna and everyone that passed away, you know, open up, uh, hopefully open up doorways, Ara and Peyton and Sarah and Christina and Alyssa and Carrie and John and Gigi and Kobe, hopefully all open up the doorways to righting wrongs, making amends, finding peace bringing people back together, making people think. But the thing is now, Dave, is is will we hold on to it? Will we be good for a week? Will we be good for a day? Will we be good for a month? Or will we be better forever? Because one of the things has has been the reality of 9-11, where we said we'll never forget. Well, we forgot. A lot of people did, probably about three months after it happened. Maybe Maybe sooner. And so I think that it's one thing to be good today, but it's another thing to be better forever. And I think that the legacy that we should leave or or that, you know, should be left by these people that have passed on is hopefully they they make us appreciate our loved ones a little bit more. Not today, not tomorrow, but forever. So that we're not caught in a funeral home down the road saying all the things that we never said.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I love that you brought 9-11 into it because, like, in my lifetime, the immediate after, um... Immediately after 9-11 is by far the most, like, sense of one and sense of, um, putting aside differences and caring about your, you know, your, your fellow man or, you know, your fellow American. Um, that, that sense of one after immediately after 9-11, um you're exactly right, over time it dissipates. And, you know, we've gotten to, like, I don't think we've necessarily forgotten 9-11, but I think we've um, kind of moved back into our um, our day-to-day routines. And I think we, like, we're so polarized now as a nation. Um, you know, I I've, I've tweeted this on 9-11 before. I said, you know, if we really want to pay tribute to the victims of 9 and 11 will recapture that sense of one and, and, and you know regardless of you know your your background or your situation or your political views and whatnot, um, you know that would be the biggest tribute that you can pay to um, you know to those victims or to um, the people that died in the chopper crash last week um, or to Um, you know, someone in your, in in each of our own little circles that, um, you know, that passed away is that maybe that, um, that serves as a daily reminder and and, and gives us intentional and conscious motivation to, um, you know, try to become more one and and care about each other as, as, as people. So, um, and, 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 let, you know, let each other know that we appreciate
1: them and um, value the time that we have. Absolutely. Speaking here with Dave Pasiak, basketball coach and analyst for and also uh, NVU, uh, Lyndon Hornets, men's basketball coach. He's done so much for such a long time in, in the sport, but as you're listening today, we talk about life uh, well beyond uh, what's what the conversation can be in the world of sports. I, I do want to look at his legacy, Dave, uh, at Kobe Bryant and 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 share the, the take of the, the reality of the fact that, you know, Kobe, that I always found funny. And I mentioned this last year and I, and I, I've, I've, I've kind of lived in this narrative a lot lately and and just kind of just w- went into it. You know, it wasn't something that was predetermined. It was just a conversation in my head that came out onto the show was we asked the world and I asked the world because it seems to be the conversation. So I don't know what people think, but we asked the world, who's the, who's the best, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And I said a few months back, what about Kobe Bryant? 20 years. What about what he did? What about his five championships? What about his legacy? What about how he put the Lakers back on the map? What about the fact that he didn't buy a team any more than bringing in Shaq? And then he won a couple without Shaq. So I always thought that there was a level of disrespect and I still do not because he passed away, but because if you check the tape, I went back and said this a long time ago, I'm kind of baffled by the people that say LeBron Jordan, LeBron Jordan, who is it? And where is Kobe Bryant in the grand scheme of things? What do you think about, about his legacy and and about that situation that we live in where Kobe was looked over by many in this conversation of, who's the better between LeBron and, and, and MJ and Kobe Bryant's sitting there going, well, I won five championships and Bill Russell sitting there going, well, I won 11. So, you know, I, I know it's a hard conversation to have, but what is Kobe's legacy? And are you shocked that he's not included when people have the discussion about LeBron and, and MJ? Well, um, are straying into the basketball realm. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: like it's no secret like people that know me and everything, I've never been a Kobe guy as far as a basketball sense. Um, so I kind of come at it from the opposite perspective of you is like, I think Kobe's place in the game as a basketball player um, is is somewhat overinflated or has been, um, you know, I think Kobe, you know, clearly very, very good player in the history of the game. Um, but uh, I think he's, I think there's a little bit of, kind of because of his persona and, um, you know, playing with the Lakers is part of it, you know, just like in baseball playing with the Yankees, you know. Um, would Jeter have the same, uh, be held in the same regard if he spent his whole career with the Royals and Brewers? Um, probably not. If Kobe spent his whole career with, the, you know, with, with Charlotte or New Orleans, would he be held in the same regard? Probably not. Um <clears throat> You know, so I think that in combination with kind of his persona, um, you know, as far as, as a basketball player, um, I think his, this is just me personally, I feel like his his place in the game has been, um, you know, overinflated to a degree. Um, you know, I, I think his... Impact on the game is again because of kind of you know, his his persona and how he played. I think a lot of the generation of kids that I coach and have coached over the years um, have have put Kobe on. You know, he's kind of been the guy that they've looked up to. Um, as a basketball player, um, you know, so I think that you know his his legacy and his impact on the game going forward. In my opinion, is more um, in that regard. Um, like I honestly, as far as like you are talking, the you know greatest ever, LeBron, Jordan. I don't believe Kobe belongs in that discussion. Um, um,
1: okay.
0: You know, I, I you know I, I Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Wilt, um, Bill Russell, like, you know, but I don't, I wouldn't put Kobe in that category. Um, but I, so I think Kobe's impact is, like I said, is, is the way he's influenced like the next generation of players. Um, and he's been, um, the guy that they've looked up to and, a lot of young players, um, you know, to try to, you know, try to emulate Kobe, how he plays or, or, um, you know his his work ethic and his uh, approach to the game. I think that's where his um, you know, kind of where his legacy is, and and really his lasting impression on the game. Um, you know, from my perspective.
1: Well, you know, and and that's the thing. I don't I don't think that Kobe is the greatest player ever. I think it's Jordan. You know, and and, and I, I I sit with that. I'm in and, and I think I would go back before Jordan or around Jordan I don't necessarily put it here and I also like the discussion of how can we choose something like this you know and because the game was different the game was different when Bill Russell was playing and it was different with Jordan and it was different with with you know Kobe in a sense and then different with LeBron and the game has increasingly gotten different as you know, with, with big men having to do everything or wanting to do everything and bring the ball up the floor and shoot threes and, and not having a, a true inside presence with a lot of teams. So it is different. And then when Jordan was playing, the jazz were good. The Spurs were good. The Sonics were good. The paces were good. You know, the Pistons were good. The Knicks were good. There's so many really, really, really strong teams. So the conversation can always morph. If I had to choose Feet to the Fire, I would say Jordan, because I watched him fly. But and so and there's other pieces to that. But to look at it, I mean, in baseball, it's hard. Who is the greatest pitcher of all time? You know, I mean, when were you growing up? What was the era? How were the, you know what what were the batters like? I mean, you could be one of the greatest pitchers of all time if you, and, and you never had to pitch to Babe Ruth, or you never had to pitch to Hank Aaron. So you know, it's it's always relative. But I think the conversation makes an excitement. I think Kobe is one of the players that will always have affected the game. I think Allen Iverson, for all that he is or is not on and off the court, I think that he's one of the players that forever, you know, affected children and the crossover and just the way that you attack the basket. I mean, I remember playing. I wanted to do Iverson moves all the time. I would go in the gym and just practice being like Allen Iverson because I I loved it, and I loved watching Kobe you know, and, and I, and I, loved watching, you know, what he did and, and I loved his turnaround fadeaway. I liked Vince Carter's fadeaway. You know, there are different people that that you would just emulate when you were playing on the court and you would always try to, you know, jump up in the air and and hang in the air as long as you could like Jordan. And you'd want to hit threes like Reggie and, you know, so, and play defense like Gary, you know, so there's, there's something to be said about taking pieces of people that have affected the game. And I think Kobe definitely has, we look at the game now, the Milwaukee Bucks are in first, the Raptors are in second. Last season, Dave, it looked just like this. Raptors and Bucks at the top of the East, but Kawhi Leonard's not a Raptor anymore, yet the Raptors are up there. On the other side of it, Kawhi's doing his thing and making it happen with his Clippers, the new look Clippers. The Lakers are up there too. The Nuggets are out there. The Golden State Warriors are in last place in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, the Magic, who squeaked in last year, well, they'd squeak in right now if the playoffs started today. What's your overall sense and take of the way the current NBA looks as the Lakers buying a team seem to be working out in their favor again as LeBron brought in Anthony Davis and company. The Clippers are doing well. The Golden State Warriors are just almost a forgotten team at the moment. And on the East side, the Bucks and the Raptors once again are continuing to impress and be at the top of things. And most notably, the Raptors don't have Kawhi Leonard, but they were able to keep Pascal and wanted to keep Pascal. And obviously that's paid off.
0: Well, I mean, you think about how quickly things turn. We're, we're like less than two years removed from a run in the NBA where it was the Warriors in the West and the Cavaliers in the East. Yeah, and, You know, the Warriors are at the bottom of the West and the Cavaliers are near the bottom of the East two years later. Um, You know, so I think, like, I think the NBA as a league, like, this year to me, I'm really looking forward to the home stretch and the playoffs, because I think it's the most wide open that the league has been in an awful long time. Um, Like I said, you know, we went through that, you know, the the recent era where, um, you know, you almost had a sense of inevitability that... um, LeBron was coming out of the East and the Warriors were coming out of the West. And, um, you know, I think while Milwaukee and, and the Lakers really have, I think, taken a step in front of most of the rest of the league, um, I think there are so many good teams right on their heels, both in the East and the West, that, um, you know, I think the, the playoffs this year are going to be, as interesting start to finish as they have been in quite a long time, you know, You mentioned the Raptors. I think that supporting cast never got quite the credit that it was due. Um, You know, people forget that, you know, that organization, they were nippled. The thing that kept them from from the finals for so many years was was LeBron, basically. And then, you know, to their credit, they didn't blow it up. They kept tweaking, kept adjusting, kept making moves. Um, And and they got the payoff last year with the championship. And, you know, the core around Kawhi was – really good and never got the credit that it deserves. And I think
1: maybe now people are starting to, um, you know, to appreciate them a little bit more. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, just to, to see what they've been able to do and how they, and, and and just where they're at right now. And like you said, that supporting cast that didn't get the respect that, that they deserve, these guys that came up. I mean, a coach that won an NBA championship, the first ever for the Raptors in 20 plus years of existence, and he did it coming from the G League. And the Raptors had people on their team from the G League, you know. And now we look at what, you know, Siakam has done and Kyle Lowry and how he's stepped up almost 20 points a game right now. Fred Van Vliet and how he's worked out of the G League to be where he is. Norman Powell out of the G League to be where he is. You know, Serge Ibaka, OG is back this season. Mark Gasol has done some good things, you know. And then then you have other people that have that have stepped in and tried to help up, including, you know, a man that was called up in O'Shea Brissett you know, former Syracuse player who grew up loving the Toronto Raptors and appreciating the Toronto Raptors, his favorite team growing up. We used to talk about it together and meant so much to me to, I mean, I know he's only getting a few minutes a game, but it's such an amazing thing to be able to see him be a Raptor after talking with him in the Syracuse locker room about our Raptors, how we both love the team and we respect the team and you know, if he could play for anybody, that's who he would play for. And he got the opportunity to do so. You know, these stories are happening every day and they're beautiful stories and they're awesome things. And I really couldn't be happier for somebody like O'Shea Brissett, but I'm sure I'll find time to be. Uh, Dave, in, in conclusion, just, you know, in, any uh, final thoughts? I know we always open the doorway on the show. There's always so much we can go to uh, between you and I. We, we've spoken on the importance of life and time and energy we've spoken on you know using vehicles like social media for a positive way and not a negative you know would you say something to somebody's face if you would say something to somebody's face it's so negative you know can can you can you kind of check that right there and, and think about who you are and you know what's making you unhappy we've gone to so many different avenues including talking about kobe speaking on the victims and talking about the current nba anything else that and on your team with the nvu linden hornets Anything else on your mind coming off of whatever happened with Kobe, with with Gianna, with the game? You know, maybe to touch on the WNBA a little bit and the fact that Kobe Bryant really did care about women's basketball. And it's something that is continuously, in general, women's athletics not gotten the respect that they deserve. Yet the WNBA's new collective bargaining agreement looks to compensate the players better, which is a move in the right direction. So maybe that's a good place for us to end if you have some thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think that's one of the one of the things that, on the one hand, it you know it makes the the, the helicopter crash even more heartbreaking. Is Kobe and his, his daughter and the other passengers and their children all um, passing away prematurely? And, you know, in something like that, um, you know, I think it hopefully makes us. Um, makes us value the time we spend with you know with our families and people that are important to us even more so um you know i think uh it also like it was a nice gesture by by uconn to to give kobe's daughter a jersey on the on the bench because you know according to reports that was her goal she wanted to play for uconn one day um so i think it and today i think is actually International you know, girls and women in sports day. So it's a good day to, uh, uh probably a good, uh, good topic to wrap on. But, uh, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, whether it's WNBA or, um, you know, the women's soccer, national soccer team, that gets a lot of attention or, um, you know, females that have excelled in, you know, in any number of athletics, uh, you know, endeavors. Um, I think the fact that, you know, it's nothing but a positive thing that our, um, you know, kind of our society and the sports world, the sporting landscape is, is um, you know, giving those athletes the respect that they, you know, they certainly deserve.
1: Absolutely. And, and to know that every day is a way to honor girls and women in sports and, and everything that they've done. And you know that we do that on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, whether it's lacrosse or basketball, volleyball, soccer, softball. Field hockey over the years, you know all the things that we have covered. We we appreciate it so very much. We just sat down with the West Genesee girls basketball team. Uh, we will be sitting down with the ESM girls basketball team coming up here this month of February at Trappers Pizza Pub. We look forward to that on February 18th on a Tuesday night. I believe at 6 p.m. we'll be out there in, in East Syracuse. So uh, a lot to be said about the care and concern and the love for you know women in athletics and and girls in athletics and just people in general. In, in, in all different walks of life, including the athletics world where we get to share their stories and in the game of life. And every Friday in a new, new segment that we created with a, a woman who was a girl in sports and a woman in sports and continues to be a woman in sports. And that's a Juanita Ward, former Syracuse player, who joins us every Friday at 930 a.m. for a segment called LEAD, which is the acronym for Learn, Evolve, AdLib, and Deliver. And so, you know, that's that's a part of our show every single week. And Dave is a big part of what we do as well. Dave, it's always good to, you know, break the seal every year and, and, and bring you back on. And once we do it, we open up the floodgates. So I hope that uh, we can look forward to having you on here plenty more times. We got a lot of NBA conversations to have and the conversation in general about women in athletics and to continue that down the road as well it would be a great thing to do as there are so many great people and I know that you know Mike Wheeler very well and you know what he's done with with women's athletics in Central New York for OCC Lasers women's basketball team has been tremendous and there's so many great people Gina Castelli at Lemoyne as well so I look forward to talking with you on continuing that conversation as well as what's coming up in the NBA and making some predictions and before we know it it'll be March Madness and Baylor and Gonzaga are at the top right now which is making me a happy man because I love seeing some change here in a good way so I know there's a lot to be had Dave and I always appreciate the fact that you give me some time so thank you for that as always
0: uh, it's always great to talk to you Dan and you know hopefully we'll get a chance to chat again soon
1: all right well sounds good take care and have a good day okay
0: you too Dan talk all to right. you soon